0: music mm-hmm. Star Wars fans and rule the galaxy fans. Uh, this is Jessica, your recurring monthly host now. And so hopefully you're getting used to, uh, me opening up this podcast today. We've got a full crew. We've got Brent and Alfie and D doc. And we've also are also joined by our special guest today. Um, uh, O'Kairo who, if you're on Twitter, you'll know him, uh, at, uh, at the first O'Kairo and, um, it's just, you know, a real pleasure to have you here, have you all here. We're gonna have a lot to talk about tonight. But uh, oh, thanks for joining us today.
1: Thanks. Thanks. It's been a while since I've gotten to talk to on this podcast. I don't remember how long it's been, but it feels like it was yesterday, but it's probably been like three months.
0: Yeah, and this is the first time that we've had a chance to talk. Um, you know, we've been
1: mutuals is- on Twitter
0: for a while. And
1: we go back and forth on Twitter. And I'm like, I get to hear her voice. What is this? isn't that fun
0: it's it's always fun to be able to put voices and faces to just text that you read on a screen
1: then there's me it's like you will only get voice
2: (laughs) you've got
0: you've you've got a command it's like i can see your face anyway
1: well my twitter profile picture at least has All right right so
0: That's right. That's true. So it's not, it's, I'm not uh, completely blind in this process here. So gentlemen, we have a lot to talk about. There's, it just feels like we're in a period where we're getting tons and tons of news every, each and every week. And of course, partially that's because we've got new content each and every week. Um, It's amazing to think that after nearly three years of waiting, that we've got one more week of Kenobi. Um, And it's just, it, Came and went so fast, but um, we got another really exciting episode this week, and I guess I mean, where else to start but to open it up for reactions? So, who wants to start?
3: Got really quiet in here. (laughs) (laughs) I want to hear out Cairo first because I just finished the episode, I just finished the episode, and I'm just like, I want to hear what these guys think because it was hard for me to wrap my brain around that episode a little bit i'm just like kind of sitting there like where is this oh and spoilers by the way don't listen to this episode if you haven't watched the the episode yet obviously but um yeah i i have no clue where this is going to go for the final episode so i want to hear your okay. guys takes first and i want to formulate my opinion as you're giving them So when did he poop?
1: <laughs> <laughs> all uh... right
0: well Okaro, you've been requested so any thoughts
1: Ah, oh, goddamn You put me on the spot with that beautiful stash. I can't say no to you. <laughs> uh, okay, I got two thoughts. A controversial opinion and a very favorite one. It was beautiful seeing Hayden again. That made my little boy, my little my little boy heart just it swells and it starts with him. Like yo, this is beautiful. Like that's all I wanted. so was a kid, just see Hayden and Owen together again. Seeing Vader pull a Star Destroyer out of the sky, I'm like, am I, am I playing the Force Unleashed here? Did, did <laughs> I fall asleep and I'm watching the Force Unleashed? I thought the breakdancing Reva Vader fight was pretty fun. There was a couple moments where I'm just kind of like, though, eh, I'm kind of confused how this little bit works, but you know what? I'll save the critical opinions to the left the series goes in. I've, I've got uh, some critical thoughts. I thought the hunting Vader twist was okay, but I'm like, sis, you've been around this guy for like 10 years. And like, did he just like, oh, hey, we got, well, we got Yuggling over here. You guys want to recruit her? She knows a mannequin. Nothing will go wrong with this. Come on, let's bring it back in the ship.
0: Yeah, this episode (laughs) did give us a lot of answers to things we were wondering about. Um, I don't think that anybody was particularly surprised at, Riva's backstory that's something that I think was pretty obvious I actually did doubt it though just because I felt like maybe um you know I mean the 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 fact is is that she's she's what in the in the flashbacks 9 10 at the most I mean she's so canonically she can only be like 19 or 20 years old and Moses Ingram is almost a full decade older than that that kind of that kind of threw me off where it was like hmm is that the way that they're going? I mean, it's obviously not unheard of for an actor to be playing ten years younger, especially when it comes to you know you often see high schoolers we, being played by thirty year olds. But
1: we had it this episode. We had forty year old Hayden playing eighteen to nineteen year old Anakin.
0: That's true. <laughs> and, and
1: Moses is lucky. Black don't crack. Like I, I didn't. I thought she was like twenty two. She looks, she's good.
0: she she looks fantastic and and plays it well. So I don't know why I was kind of you know, I, I was really kind of thinking like, oh, maybe they'll go someplace else. I mean, it it was pretty obvious where they were going.
1: I, I do feel like I wish they had more time. I felt like almost everyone realized she was the Padawan. So I'm like, hey, guys, you know, you could reveal this in episode three and we can spend the next couple episodes, you know, fleshing it out. Now it feels like we have one more episode where I'm like, I've watched all your Disney Plus shows before, and this is six episodes. I'm worried about the Disney Plus curse because it's like the fifth episode is the one everyone says is the best. And then the sixth episode, everyone, Moon Knight, Falcon, the Winter Soldier, Loki.
0: WandaVision.
1: One, oh, we're not talking about WandaVision. That's in my, uh, I'll get attacked by WandaSands on Twitter. I got some thoughts with you, Lizzie. <laughs> but yeah, the sixth episode is where everyone goes, wow, I, I really think Disney Plus should stop with the six episode format
3: every time so I'm a little worried about next week yeah Do, do you guys think they actually used any CGI on Hayden Christensen in that part because they definitely looked a bit older like I know that you know they probably did have some stuff done to them but it kind of almost looked like it was just makeup in my opinion I mean it didn't look like their face was really fake I don't know maybe that's just me
1: uh, from what I've read, they did some light de
2: aging, but not much. Obi Wan wondering... had Obi Wan had like
4: a glow to him. There was like, um, well, there's there a like reason a... for that. <laughs> Go for it. But he's space Jesus. He's Obi Wan. We've all seen the memes. <laughs> That's space
0: <true>. space <laughs> Jesus' there... hair wasn't quite on point. I, that really bugged me. The, yeah, that was, was just... a bad way.
1: That, that was a bad wig.
0: I can't even really tell if it was a wig. I mean his his hair was long enough. It almost looked like it was just a lot of product in it. I I couldn't really tell, but I, all I know is that like when you compare it to what it's what it looks like in Attack of the Clones and even Revenge of the Sith, like it it just it looks so crunchy. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I, I was l- not to be critical, but one thought I did have is, I don't know, Hayden's up. Hayden has now 40, Owen is older. Wouldn't it have been easier if you guys did, like, the Revenge of the Sith hair and, you know, low lighting. So, you know, the hair and the lighting can do a little masking job. This one's like, okay, we're going to turn the exposure all the way to three. Going to bright you guys up so we can see every single crevice, like, crow's feet and wrinkle. I'm like, guys, you could have made it dim. Coruscant always has this little orange glow in it.
0: I think I do prefer, though, that they didn't go overboard. I I think that there was probably a little bit of smoothing going on, but I think that it was smart to not try to do them up with CGI as much. I, I wondered if it was going to be too difficult when you're thinking that it's basically an entire fight scene. They're moving constantly. I didn't know if that was something that would make it more difficult, but honestly, I'm just kind of tired of the, you know, I, 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 love, I, I think that the technology is impressive, but I, I'm definitely one of those people who would err on the side of, I think that less de-aging technology <laughs> is going to give fewer regrets in the future.
4: I would agree okay. with that. I think the less is more kind of approach here. He looked a little off at the beginning, but once they started moving, it wasn't as noticeable. It was just a little bit off. Not, not as much as some of the really complete de-aging that we've seen in the series. I thought it looked you know, pretty good. Made me instantly want a Clone Wars movie. You know, yeah. Just give it to us. I also, th-
0: I also think that if it's in their memories, it doesn't matter if they look the same. When you think about when you were 10 years old, you know you don't usually think of yourself you know looking 10 you see yourself there so I just kind of looked at it like if this truly is a flashback then Obi-Wan is seeing Anakin you know I I don't know that you know Obi-Wan seeing Anakin in a way that maybe he thinks Anakin would age up a little bit but Anakin's seeing Obi-Wan and like I don't know I just kind of looked at it like it doesn't really matter it did not bother me
2: so
1: there's a part of me...
2: They're older. That's it. Like, okay, they're older. I can deal with that. Yeah. There's a part of me that thinks that that was just something that the viewers saw, that there wasn't actually them. I mean, they timed it and spliced it together to make it look like it was flashbacks. But there's a part of me that that was just... that they weren't actually having flashbacks. They weren't actually thinking that about that training session. But I could be completely wrong.
0: Oh, I think that it's it's ambiguous. Yeah, I don't think that it was ever stated that anybody's having a flashback, but I do think that it was, I I, I was, I, I heard somebody say that it could be Anakin's trials that he obviously fails, which is the reason why he's still a Padawan in Attack of the Clones. And I was like, oh, that would be really interesting. But then like, I mean, I, I think that the, big, the bigger point is that, you know, at the end there, when Anakin does fail and Obi-Wan is able to disarm him basically through means other than violence, which is kind of the whole point, then we get that tie-in to New Hope, which is that Vader is still a student at this point. So when we get the line about, when I left you, I was but a learner, Vader is still dealing with these things that have plagued him, this need to prove himself since he was a Padawan. So I guess I did look at it like maybe this is Vader's memory, but that definitely wasn't specified.
1: I do know what it used to be because I know some people who worked on Kenobi, they, this was supposed to be in the next episode and they moved into this and that's the most I can say without spoiling the next episode for everybody here. But if anyone does want to know, you guys can DM me and I'll spoil what it was originally supposed to be
0: okay well we'll talk after next week's episode (laughs) okay but any other thoughts anybody i I mean we we got all other kinds of we got a lot of questions answered we got um tala's backstory um what else did we get we got
1: tala's backstory we got the return of the grand inquisitor apparently everyone was everyone was lucky in the universe but Qui-Gon he's the only guy to get penetrated by Darth Maul and doesn't come back oh Satine is, is that Satine. not what I've been
4: saying all day on our chat
1: Satine no I guess it's just Darth Maul Darth Maul is just really good at killing people and no one else is he stabs Satine well, and Qui-Gon and they go
0: but what what I uh I had a friend who just made a post about this and I thought oh that's a really good way to think about it I'm trying to I'm trying to find it um Basically, what she was saying was, well, of course, those are the ones who die. Why do all of the bad guys come back? Because that's the whole point. They're being sustained through their hatred and the dark side.
4: So why can't Jedi just be happy and heal themselves?
0: But that's the thing, is Jedi don't fear becoming one with hold the reality.
1: Hmm. I am I mean, a little all- curious, though. How did Reva survive twice? Because I'm like, I,
0: you
1: you got stabbed twice. You you better play the space lottery now, because you just keep getting back up. You you give him Palpatine a <laughs> run for his money at this point.
4: Yeah, I think once in the show, but three times is yeah. kind of pushing it a little bit. She's she's tough. She's gonna say, Darth Maul, you ain't got nothing on me.
1: I came back.
0: I mean, speaking ulti- of Reva, I it's do, plot. I,
3: yeah, it's plot armor. <laughs> Yeah. Speaking of Reva, uh, yeah, I do think that was one of her um, best episodes. Uh, I thought the scene where her and Obi-Wan were talking to each other through the wall, uh, I thought that was one of her best moments in the show, honestly. I thought, you know, just uh, the emotion of that scene and, you know, uh, let's be honest, a lot of fans guessed that she was, you know, one of the younglings in Order 66, but it was interesting to see her kind of break character of, you know, the badass person who just wants to kill to being, you know, to just having an actual conversation. I mean, it's pretty much the first conversation she had without either, you know, giving orders or, you know, telling, you know, going after somebody or whatever. It was just her first one-to-one conversation. I thought it was pretty damn good.
0: What I really thought was interesting is that we got, we did get the backstories both for Tala and Riva this episode and it's kind of interesting how Tala signed up to join the empire when she believed that there was actually a reason to you know she was she was committed to the empire and then when she realizes that the empire was as evil as it was she starts to you know fight against it in kind of an oscar schindler type way where she's still a part of the establishment but trying to be a light there but then you've got reva who you know we don't know her whole backstory yet but she's a jedi coming from the jedi temple and she you know probably ends up in this position you know she, she's seeking vader out but obviously she's tempted by this desire to seek her revenge and so she she comes in not really as a willing participant, but then does give herself over fully, you know, she's the one cutting off arms, and I'm sure she's done far worse things over the last 10 years in order to try to work her way up the hierarchy in order to get close to Vader. But it's kind of interesting to see the two of them kind of as foils in the story. That's
5: a good point. I agree.
1: I, I will say one thing, um, I'm going to be the critical, I'm going to be the critical SOB this whole entire meeting. <laughs> I will say one thing that kind of bothered me was about Talia, which, spoiler alert, if for some reason you decided not to listen to a spoiler alert at the beginning. When she was dying and Obi-Wan is screaming his head off, I'm like, you just met her, my guy, You you're you're getting a little passionate there. And that that that's because I guess they kept in some parts of the romance she was supposed to have with Obi wan But I'm like, guys, maybe should dial it back. You have Obi wan screaming at the top of his lungs, and I, I think it's a good idea. You don't do a romance. You guys just met. I know Oom McGregor is. He's he's very handsome. He's okay, very handsome.
2: I would start a romance with him if I could, but you know, dial good back. Thing. Two things. So O'Shea Jackson's character in the previous episode went from, uh, I want to uh, like I get out of here, don't be around us, to I will help you in the same sentence. Um, and so that was rather fast and abrupt. But I feel like Talia gave herself to Obi-Wan, saved him from the stormtroopers in episode two. She went into the Imperial... Uh, facility and got him into the inquisitors so there's she's put her life on the line several times for him and finally gave her life for him so there is i think there is a a healthy bit of respect from him to her so i don't really have a problem with him having that pull or that love interest
0: okay some some thoughts on on this (laughs) because i mean obviously I'm going to watch this and I'm going to filter it through my love of Satine and everything that happened with that. And yeah, it is kind of funny to look at, like, he does not react to Satine's death at all in that emotional way that we saw in this episode. And it's kind of like, well, why? And it's actually kind of interesting because I know that James Arnold Taylor, the voice actor for Obi-Wan, kind of did push to have Obi-Wan be more outwardly emotional and Dave Filoni was like nope 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 we're just he's he's reacting but we're going to see it on his face we're going to rely on the animators and I mean I I like what we got (laughs) but (laughs) but James James's instinct might have been a little bit more in line with what we saw um but I just kind of think like this is very different.
1: I think she froze.
3: Just me. You did. Yeah, you no, have, yeah, you have, yeah. Uh, frozen right now. I thought it was me at first because I was worried it I'm was me. My, uh... <laughs> uh... We're back
2: to we're back to the technical difficulties p- piece well, of the show. He's. Oh, you're back. On...
0: Oh, there you are. Um. <laughs> she is this person that he's relying on and uh, Leia adores her. And so I th- think that there is a connection that's being formed, but um I don't know. I-, I think that there's a lot that could be said about just him being at a very different stage in his life. And even the idea of like, he's been cut off from the force for a long time. So I think that in the clone wars, he was far more, you know, Like that, that was who he he was. He was, you know, plugged into that. And he was also desperately trying not to react because that's what Darth Maul wanted at that time. So I think that like, it's kind of comparing apples and oranges where I think that like, maybe this is kind of Obi-Wan reacting as, you know, a more instinctual reaction than what we've seen in the past. He was also very emotional with Qui-Gon.
1: Yes, that is true. So maybe it's just the difference between how Dave Filoni writes Obi-Wan and how, say, <laughs> the Owen McGregor version of the interpretation. Which you know, when Owen McGregor says, "I'm going to get emotional now," turn the cameras off and I smash it. You're gonna, you're gonna let him get emotional.
3: <laughs>
1: I don't actually exactly. think Owen McGregor smashes cameras. That's that's a that's a fake joke.
5: He's not <laughs> <a> drama queen.
1: <laughs>
3: Well, we have uh, plenty, plenty of uh, Twitter friends who would know that because I saw a lot of familiar faces from Twitter in that episode. I saw uh, Rex and around uh, multiple Rex around, times.
1: Corey Van Dyke, uh, some other people that apparently I knew but just didn't know at the time. Yeah, apparently yeah, the that's episodes wild. Were... Yeah, no, it really is wild. I'm happy for them. I got a little mad because uh, one of the people were like coming after them, like saying, "Oh, they shouldn't be." And I'm like, "Yo, it's." this is a star wars fan dream you know if someone said hey you want to be in kenobi you'd be sprinting there Like enjoy the moment let people be happy that's great
0: christina ariel was in the back again as well she's been in the last uh she was in yeah. the last Jabim episode too so she's got a nice big afro and it's gorgeous to be able to see her in the background
3: i love it if I ever got a role in Star Wars, I would be um, the guy from Book of Boba Fett who had the mustache, who was I think if I'm if I'm not mistaken, it's Book of Boba Fett where he was working the uh, concierge desk, clerk. desk where the mayor was. Yeah, that's what that's the guy I would be. I would have a small role, but I would be remembered for the mustache. That's about it. I would be the Gamorrean
2: guard. If you, I mean, let's get let's be honest here. So <laughs> I think or a warrior. No, I mean I'm not tall enough to be a Wookiee, but I have the dad bod that it is a Gamorrean guard, so and I would have no problem. I mean that would be the easiest
5: the
4: the least amount of stretching uh, needed. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Brent. I'd just be a shorter Gamorrean guard, but yeah.
0: I don't know. They were going after each other, you know, when they're in the fight ring in, in Mando. So you, you could be doing that. That might require some stretching. There
2: there were there were some there were some skinnier ones there too, yeah. But that's yeah. that's where I'm at.
0: Yeah, um, I
2: think
1: I would be a stormtrooper, and I would die in the first five seconds. Yeah, that'd be me.
3: <laughs> Speaking of stormtroopers, how about that uh, force push right when the door was open and Obi Wan kind of sent like you know probably like fifteen people back? You know, I mean that that was pretty. I thought that was pretty solid, Brent. I, I, I mean, wanna, I want to know your thoughts on it. I mean, when it's you push faith. back,
2: when you push back a whole window of water rushing through and the pressure to that, I think you've learned the the ability to throw a solid force push away. So that's true,
3: actually.
0: It is kind of interesting, though, that in both of those instances, it's a push. It's a very defensive move as opposed to like, I, I don't know if it's him actively using the force in the way that we think of usually.
2: But I see Obi-Wan, so this is also me coming in from my Star Wars Legion game. But even when I've watched him, Obi-Wan is a very defensive-minded individual. Like, he comes in and his his, his whole thing, and they even said it in here, that Vader knows that I'm going to do everything in my power to protect these people. Like, his first goal is to protect. his. He is not going in there to try to kill the lightsaber, to try to swing in and kill the stormtroopers. He's going in there to deflect the blaster bolts to let other people run away. Like but he, he has
1: been known to do some attacking, like, uh, usually for droids because you know, we saw them in revenge <laughs> when he's like, just gonna lower these platforms on the droids, and with the clone troopers, with uh, revenge the Sith when he's trying to get back into the temple, he has like quite gone philosophy, like, I will do what I must,
2: right? And I feel like he ha- he only he goes on the insets and I'm fine with that, but he only does that, I feel like, when he feels like it's a last resort or he has to, right? So I'll do if I'll do it if I need to, but I'm gonna try to play the other cor- the other cards which is the whole reason why he surrendered and told Riva to come after Vader so he didn't have to do the attack because he saw another way around it like he's just very defensive in his thinking and the way that he goes about his Jedi business well, we this do fighting for him
0: we do see a couple cracks in the armor though in Clone Wars which I really like which is always with Maul and it's the it's the arc where he where Maul first comes back and um, there's Hondo and um, Hondo. There's, there's the moment where um, Sauvage kills Adigalia and Obi-Wan actually takes his saber and like is about to strike Sauvage down out of anger and Maul actually parries and stops him, which I've always thought is really interesting. And then in that same episode later on, that's the one where Maul is, is taunting him about the fact that he couldn't save Qui-Gon. And then you actually see him go into a really lilting and awkward offensive fighting style yeah. as opposed to his his usual defensive Suresu.
1: Yeah, who knew Mr. Krabs would usher in like a dark age of Obi-Wan's life? For those who don't know, the voice actor for Mr. Krabs that's plays right. Darth Maul's brother. And I yep. think that's the funniest thing ever.
2: Are you feeling it now, Mr. (laughs) Qui-Gon? You mentioned the word word lightsaber, and it brought me to uh, an image of this episode when Obi-Wan sees the crate of like 10 lightsabers and Jedi robes. Like that was kind of, I didn't expect to see that because now did they give up those weapons? Were they dead Jedi that they came across? Or did the Jedi give up the weapons and their robes to go into hiding? as they were being ferried out across the.
1: They might have given up on being a Jedi because that did happen across, I don't know how much they've done in the new canon, but a lot of the time in Legends, Jedi just put down the lightsaber and cloaks like, yeah, I'm just going to live my life as best as I can without being a Jedi and carrying my Jedi robes and my lightsaber may make that harder. Or they could be dead. I thought I saw Mace Windu's lightsaber there and I almost had a mental breakdown at 3 a.m. in the morning.
0: I couldn't tell who the lightsabers belong to. I saw somebody say that one of them looked like Beresophis, but nobody can really tell for sure. So I think that they were probably just, they were probably just props picked up from the, the 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 prequel movies or something like that. I don't know. but More than
1: likely. I think it was just for, hey, what, we need to give this guy like a lightsaber and a cloak. It looks good. Give him a lightsaber and a cloak.
0: That just always bugs me though when, there are those moments where you could put in some really deep cuts related to characters that the casual audience would never care about, but would just make the, the Twitterites go nuts.
4: Twitterites, I like that.
0: Anybody that who's crazy enough to be on Twitter.
4: I wondered right. why they didn't use them just uh I, I mean obviously they're not jedi but since vader and the inquisitors are the ones trying to get in i thought mm-hmm. why not use them as subterfuge to buy yourself more time if they were to think there was a whole clan of jedi in they may have stopped and backed off a little bit and readjusted their their attack
1: you Good know point. speaking of attacks this is a real uh, there's actually some positives i want to say because i've been kind of a negative person uh Kenobi did something that addressed the biggest one of the biggest complaints I had about The Last Jedi. It, it's actually done that a lot. Kenobi on a lot of parts for me has been The Last Jedi done right. But one thing it definitely did was there was this moment, The Last Jedi, in the Battle of Crate, when everyone's secure behind this big door. And instead of, you know, using their location to their advantage and fighting their way out as they try to find an escape, they just send everyone to die in a suicide attack with outgunned, outmanned. It made no sense. Here, everyone's like, no, we'll stay in the cave. We'll fight. We'll f- hold our positions, get as many as we can as we make our escape. And it just made a lot more sense there.
2: It did. I agree with you. But then the only thing that my brain goes to is when you take off out of the uh, starport or when you take off out of there, you're going to fly into a, uh, a star destroyer that's out in the atmosphere and they're just going to track your beam in. Oh, yeah, no, they should have died right there. I have no idea.
1: Which brings me to... (laughs) No idea
3: how they survived.
4: They could could still track them, too, at the end of The Last Jedi. So it's like, (laughs) okay, whatever. And their hyperspeed is down, so... Which is my big tie into The Last Jedi, and I really hope this ties into the last episode because it's one of the most important things in the history of Star Wars. How much fuel do they have?
3: Oh, my God, I'm (laughs) going to kill myself. No more fuel.
4: Don't 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 don't
1: give me star of my last Jedi rant. We'll be here for another hour because <laughs> oh. I got, I got it in me. I've been
4: I hold it in. <laughs> well this, done, Alfie. Well oh, done, baby. Well done. And <laughs> and this,
2: if this they tr-
4: if they had two ships, why didn't they take off earlier? Why was for everybody great- just standing around waiting?
0: Because they had to well, wait had to get- one. They no, they had two because oh, Vader okay. Vader rips the first one. But I no, think- I'm
4: saying even before Kenobi got there, why were all those people still just waiting? Because why they did-
0: had they had to wait for Leia to open the door.
4: No, even when the door was that. open,
1: he's uh, saying before Leia they, 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 they did explain that. They no did explain there. that. They said they had a they did they said that they usually have a window to leave and they held it until Talia came back with Leia and Kenobi. But I I I feel like a but lot of these episodes ships. have been yeah, I know. I feel like a lot of these episodes have been shopped up and kind of edited around because I'm like they did extensive reshoots. I don't know how much you guys know about the production of Kenobi, yes. but the original writer, Hussein, he wrote it. Then we had uh, Joby Harold. I'll give my opinions on him another day. He came in to do the rewrites, and now Andrew Station has done some more rewrites. So we got three different writers here, and it's kind of the telephone game, where if you're like, huh, this doesn't make sense with that, that's kind of the reason. Also, reshoots with the volume technology is extremely hard to do. It's not like the green screens are like, on set locations, so... Sometimes you gotta keep the footage you have Even if it doesn't really make with the context Because you just don't have enough time to reshoot it And it's incredibly expensive
4: Right, I get that
3: Right. Why so is it I've... so hard to get a writer for Star Wars? I'm sorry, Brent. I, I I just looked up. I was I had my hand in my head, but why is it so hard to just get a consistent writer? It's like there's so many good there's so many good shows. You know, you got Amazon Prime, you've got Netflix, you've got all these streaming platforms where people have these shows. It's like just get a writer for Kenobi. Just be like, this is our guy. We're riding with you no matter what. I mean, I, did I know that before? No, I did, and I mean, it's frustrating for me to hear that stuff, which <laughs> uh, like I kind of I <laughs> kind of blindly enjoy stuff sometimes, but like that is frustrating. <laughs> so a I, lot I, of those. I-
2: Oh sorry you go. Uh, a lot of those shows that you talk about have writing teams. They have people that write together and they don't just have rely on one person to write it. So there are a lot of those stories that you're talking about for all their shows have a writing team that creates that. Second, the Star Wars fandom, like right now I feel like we like I really enjoyed watching this episode, but we have done nothing but kind of critique it. Yeah. And 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 that is the 100% thing that every Star Wars fan is doing is critiquing everything of it. It was a great show. It was fun. I like, there was nothing but enjoyment for watching that. So, but I know that like, like we've spent time picking out things that we didn't like. um, But I like, I, and things that I do like, I mean, I liked Leia. I liked Leia and how uh, Obi-Wan stood up for Leia. And she said, I'm going to go up there and try to fix it because I can fit in there. Um, I'm trying to think of some other, th- like I liked the, um, the Vader-Riva fight, um, but yeah. So I think that's uh, why the writers, because everything comes across as so negative. So, I, yeah.
0: I think that we need to make sure that we realize that for professional writers, Joby Harold is not a Star Wars, Joby Harold is not a Twitterite. He is not somebody who spends eight hours a day dissecting these stories in order to be up on all of the lore. He is paid to write a good story that deals with the themes of Star Wars as he sees them, which doesn't, you know, we, we've seen that when that happens, it doesn't always match up with the way that the majority of the fandom sees it. But the thing is, is that I also think that it's important to remember that no story is going to be without plot holes and at some point as a writer you have to get over that i've i i do a lot of writing and if you get bogged down in making sure that everything has a logistical reason for being you will not get through a story and i think that like it's it's the reason why like i am not a fan of um like cinema sins and those kinds of videos because well, I think that they go way overboard.
1: They're nit. They're not even critical. They're nitpickers at that point.
0: Yeah, well, they're they're nitpickers, but they started out with a, a like the the whole reason for being is a good point, which is that there is no story that is without criticism when it comes to the story or the characters or whatnot. There are going to be things that don't make sense. And just as one overarching example, I mean, you know that I. Like again, to bring it back to Clone Wars, the one episode that is consistently held up as the best episode is The Lawless, where Satine dies. That that episode hinges on the fact that she calls Obi-Wan Kenobi and she does not say one thing, which is that there are two Zabraks here on the throne, and she knows that that's the case. Well, when you look at that, the entire episode would have gone completely differently if that had been the case, but they can't have her say that because she's supposed to die. And that's the kind of thing where I just go, we have to remember that if we get too bogged down in, oh, why didn't they just take off early? Or why didn't they you know, do this or that? Then ultimately what we're doing is sacrificing the overarching story, which is just that the plot's got to work in order to tell this message that we're, we want to tell people.
1: Well, I, I do want to debate that a little bit, just because, well, I do agree, every every piece of writing is going to have flaws, no matter how you write it. I've been doing screenwriting, I studied screenwriting when I was a teenager, then I'd been doing screenwriting since I got out of college, some ghostwriting. You're going to make mistakes, I've looked back at some writing where I'm like,
4: I fucked up there, I really did.
1: <laughs> but I I do agree with what Doc is saying, because I think he was saying a little different point, When you have one consistent writer or writing team, no matter the flaws you do make, when it's one consistent vision, you're going to be able to keep it consistent throughout versus when you're constantly handing the baton to different people because you bring up the Clone Wars, but the Clone Wars had like a very consistent team. You had George, you had Dave, and you had those people. And even if not, not all episodes were great. No, some episodes made me go... Okay, you guys were sipping on the spice a little bit behind the scenes there. It's okay. But it stays consistent, even if some episodes were worse than others. Likewise, with Love, the episodes for The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, or Star Wars Rebels, you had Carrie Beck, uh, Simon Kingberg, and Dave Filoni, a very consistent team throughout everything. But then when it comes to some of these other projects, like, well, Kenobi, the sequel trilogy, you're trading the baton off sometimes for reasons of just creative differences, not oh, well, you know, we did this thing then he did this thing. We just thought this was right. It's more of, well, we hired you for your vision. We saw your vision and eh, maybe we should have screened you before we had you write an entire script, but we still want to use some of your ideas. And it's, it, 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 I, th- I think it's more about like timing, planning. Sometimes you need to take a little more time with these productions in pre-production because I think that's where Star Wars has been struggling with in recent memory. Because everyone's doing a great job with principal photography. The actors are doing great. I'm not even dogging the writers. Because Lucasfilm, as a studio, they have to do what they think is best. And the writer, as a writer, will do what his thing is best. So I think like before you get to that stage of creative differences, you need to screen people a little better and come to an understanding. And that's what Marvel does. And that's why, even if I think Marvel is very mediocre in some other places they don't really have that many problems when it comes to having to go through like usually three writers four writers per project and then bringing on more writers when that writer is struggling to finish and that's nothing no offense to Andrew Station, Joby Harold or the original writer of Kenobi it's just I think it's better if Lucasfilm and their creative team come to an understanding beforehand especially since well you do have a story group who is there very active on Twitter I I see you Mr. Pablo I see you quote shot by shot so it's like you are active you are able so you know work with the writers a little more hands-on both of you and it will be easier that is why there was a story group created whose very job is the little nitpicks that we pick up on or big big stuff like you know the grand inquisitor maybe not stab him because he has to be in rebels
0: <laughs> but, but, this, but see I, I will push back on that a little bit you know when y- y- you bring a screenwriting perspective I bring an editing perspective in my in my real life job I'm I work on an editorial team and the thing is is that I agree with you that Disney has had a real problem with this especially related to Star Wars and especially like when we look at the sequel trilogy but the sequel trilogy and the problems that we have here are two different ones because the sequel trilogy is basically like if Lord of the Rings was written by three different authors who each took a book. And it's like, that's ridiculous, right? Like we, it's no wonder that the whole thing was just really disjointed because they had three different people who were enacting those visions. This one, I know that there was a lot of issues, like, you know, um, the original writer, it seems like the writing was stalled they there finished, were the rumors the, that it was well, they it was did, too they close did, to...
1: Well, they did finish the scripts originally when they finished it. Uh, it's when mm-hmm. Kathy brought Uwe on stage and they had it done. And then they realized that it's too original. It's too similar to The Mandalorian, but not, not to be someone who's going to question the official word of Kathy because I have nothing against Kathy. It's just we are still very similar to The Mandalorian, especially with now Leia being in the entire series, which the only similarities I can say that's the difference is now we've mixed fallen order into the mix with now you know the inquisitor base reva vader it kind of feels like we mixed a little bit of fallen order and a little bit of rebels so i'm like if you guys change this from the mandalorian i'm a little confused what was changed because we still are very similar to the mandalorian and even if it was you still had to switch writers because of that like i'm pretty sure who's the original writers not really I don't remember his first name but I just know it's, it's Hussein same. something yeah like you, you did switch writers but like then you brought Joby Harold in he finished the script and then you brought Andrew Station in for more writing it's not like I feel it's as disjointed as the sequels but I'm like I think before you started getting Hussein to write it there should have been a conversation like oh what are you going to do oh well that's very similar to this other show we're going on maybe we should not do that and I
0: still feel like yeah we're but the The thing that I wanted to say, though, is that the idea of reshoots and the way that things might be edited together. That's not really the storytelling issue here that can like I I get that like these episodes can kind of vary in length. But in general, I don't view reshoots as a like as symbolic of a disjointed vision. I view that as the editorial team coming in, you know, and, and saying, this doesn't quite land right or this doesn't work as well as it could and then just like how in my job we have to take a look over the manuscript again and we have to identify what needs to move well that's what happens in these shows too it's just that that act of changing anything requires a whole lot more effort than it does when i have to change something in a manuscript
1: oh no it does like there, there are for instance i brought it up before uh, the flashback sequence that was moved uh some other things that have disappeared and appeared; those things were moved. Even the Inquisitor being in this episode that wasn't originally in the series. That I can understand. That um, I have no. I understand that from a production standpoint. There's just some things which the plot structure, where you start to notice as the episodes go on, as you rewatch other ep- episodes, it kind of feels like you're watching a little bit of the telephone game. Like kind of the tone of this episode, and the information given here doesn't match up with the tone and information given here and yeah stories grow and evolve but i think that goes back to taking your time where i think the completed product is okay this is where we wanted the show to be and i think if they took a little more time on it they would have got to that stage before it came down to it because lucas had that problem as well that's why we know he was still editing revenge of the sith all the way down to the 11th hour but these things also kind of hindered george a little bit where he even he said I may have gone too far in a few places. It's, it's 2020. It, it's hindsight's 2020. So I'm not dogging on the show for that. I enjoy a lot about the show. I just think in Lucasfilm side, which they probably did with Andor, Andor's longer, it's got a bigger budget, and only they've had one writer for the entire thing. So they've clearly learned their lesson. It's just, I think that way they're doing it will get them much farther than the way they did this. Because this kind of felt like, we really want to get it out there for the fans. I kind of just a little bit bit them,
4: Alfie, what do you got, sir? To kind of expand on this, I know we're kind of talking this to death, but you know, I really like this series. I really liked this episode, and I've been you know giving them the benefit of the doubt and trying not to nitpick so much. but the end of this episode really got me i don't see Vader leaving her like that when he just a few episodes said, You are what you made me to Kenobi. And he's basically leaving her in the same situation. She's not dead. He stabbed her, you know. And the Grand Inquisitor just told her how to survive what happened to her. And they're gonna close the door and walk away and assume she dies. I to me, I just thought that was a little too obvious that, hey, she's going to be okay. Um, It already happened to him. And like I said before, doing it twice in a show, actually three times if she did get stabbed in the flashback or slashed with a lightsaber. You know, I, I think that's a little too much for a six episode series for it just to keep happening over and over again. That I don't think you don't so. die. I don't think she
2: got stabbed. Stabbed as a youngling. I think what she said was that she just played dead because everybody well, else was flying. There's one shot around.
4: where it shows from her perspective, and the lightsaber goes in front of her. I don't know if she got stabbed either. I mean, maybe, maybe not. I, I don't know. It just kind of gave the impression that she did. But yes, she said she played dead. But like I said, I don't see you know Vader basically making another Vader. I would think – and he to me, he seems more cruel than that, than to just stab her once and leave her, possibly I mean, to come back.
2: I, I He just snapped the neck of a villager, of a, like a child villager, right. two or three episodes ago. Like, I see where you're coming from. And just then they're just going to walk
4: back past her ship and just leave it there. You know, uh, it's just – I don't know. I – I know it's too nitpicky, it's, but to me that just spoiler. Me.
1: It's a, it's a spoiler why I can't get
4: yeah. I have read it too. I know I know what... yeah, you, you yeah, you you know you know why it's... yeah things were stuff,
1: stuff was stuff, right? Things were stuff and stuff was stuff, and Babu Freak is God. I have not mentioned Babu Freak this whole episode. I'm sorry, everyone, mm-hmm. I'm taking over this podcast to say I'm so happy Babu Frick hey, is gonna be in the middle Did you see the, the Mando trailer? Obsession. There's three of them. Yes, yes, I love oh, it. So there,
2: there's more Babu Freak. They showed yes. three of them. I love Babu Frick. I, I this held is, up three. This is my
0: literal family.
1: Catch is it, the
2: three? That's awesome. Is, he was probably one of
1: the. Is best Is it things confirmed
0: that it is Babu Frick?
1: Absolutely not. But I'm gonna gaslight myself into believing <laughs> it is, and then be horribly <laughs> disappointed. And then I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rent a truck, buy some
4: sunglasses, get a trucker hat, and start blaming Disney. Yeah. For I, it. I just watched it today, <laughs> and he's sitting there working on a droid. So if it's not him, you know, that's that's pretty cold.
1: Please make it public, Frick. I just want one thing from this franchise now. My very weird niche hyper obsession of that little creepy (laughs) thing from The Rise of Skywalker. (laughs) I love it to death.
0: He's the best part of that movie.
2: The best part of the
1: franchise. He's my favorite thing of the sequel trilogy.
2: Can I also (laughs) say that I love the fact that she used a thermal detonator? Like we actually see a thermal detonator used. Like we've seen it held up and it's been threatened. I've used them in video games, but this is the first time that I've seen a thermal detonator used. Now, I don't remember the Clone Wars. I'm sure somebody's like, well, somewhere in one of those arcs, they used them all the time. I just saw it in live action. So,
4: yeah, didn't 99 pass them out?
2: Did they use them? I don't, I, it was in live action. When, when, when in live action have they used the thermal detonator?
4: Well, the Death Troopers used a different version, but you know, they, they threw something that blew up.
3: I, I have a question. Did any of you guys think when the stormtrooper um transport ships were going down to the planet, did you think they were going to show the inside uh shot of the lights uh flickering and all the <laughs> yes. stormtroopers uh I'm like give me my TFA callback. That that's what I I was actually really hoping they would show that with a, a storm like a you know, original trilogy stormtrooper version. Sorry, I just hit my mic if that hurt your ears. But I was definitely um hoping for that. But um there was there was one more thing I was thinking about in this episode and now it's uh oh when she shows him uh, the marks on her um holster. Like I, I feel like I feel like one storyline they've been trying to play out through this is like Kenobi realizing like there is a rebellion like starting to happen here because he's seeing, you know, all these people here and he's seeing them banding together and he's seeing, you know unity i guess you could say and fight from them and I, I think it is making him kind of be like holy crap man like these people really are putting their lives on the line like i need to do the same you know i need to just stop hiding and watching and you know i well, gotta put it on the line for them as well you know well he kind of has to he kind of has to keep
1: hiding though you know he, he, he can't leave yeah. uh, he can't leave my favorite character alone because i'll travel to the screen and strangle you mr kenobi <laughs> but, but no you do have a good point i, I actually i'm wondering when when does obi-wan go from uh living in the cave and hanging out with i think tito the jawa so you know he has his little place he has his little setup and he's now in some more communication with Bale <laughs> because we know he's not in like consistent communication but by the time of rogue one he's Bail's like oh i will contact my friend and we know his friend is obi-wan so we know somewhere between now and then, him and Bale start like a consistent communication. Well,
2: I don't, does that necessarily imply that it's a consistent communication or does that just imply the fact that I know somebody who I can reach out to that'll come when I, when I reach out to him?
1: I mean, maybe yeah, I don't... somewhat because like, you know, they've been inconsistent now and oh look, Leia's gone. So maybe after this point, be ones like, hello, Bale, uh, just checking in on Leia to make sure we don't have, have another galaxy hopping quest. You did hire those guards, right? Twenty in every door. Did, did you did you check the force for sting? I want to make sure there's no more bald guys hanging out to kidnap my goddaughter. Flee, I not, was sting. Like,
2: flee. flee, flee, flee not sting. Flee, flee,
1: flee, flee, flee. They look the same, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm showing I'm showing my age by mixing up classic rock stars that I do not remember or know.
0: <laughs> okay, so here's here's my thoughts on that. I don't think that they're in communication in the ten years between this and Rogue One, just because I don't think it's necessary they're gonna they're gonna have to deal with whatever's gonna happen on Tatooine in the next episode but I think that the whole idea is that they're not supposed to be in communication because it probably has the danger of potentially drawing attention at least that's always been kind of the assumptions that I've had I just assume that Obi-Wan will still have his nice little calm pager that Bale will be able to call him at again though I suppose that's he doesn't that, have that's, that's broken now. But the thing is is that it doesn't matter. Be- got it. Yeah, but the thing is is that like well th- then maybe that's the answer. No, they are not in communication, but it's not like Bale doesn't know where he is. He knows where the Lars are. That's going to be the whole that's going to be the whole point for the next episode in A New Hope. He doesn't come Obi-Wan. He sends Leia to him, which means that Obi-Wan probably doesn't have a communicator in the first place.
1: I mean, to be fair, if we are going off, pay we're going There's payphones. Oh, my. Not anymore. No, no. Actually, no. They removed the lost payphone. That's true. They, there New are York no City, payphones they, anymore. They, no, nope, they, rid- they, they were in they Book of rid- Boba Fett. <laughs> I forgot that. There's a Book of Boba Fett payphone. I'm not going to get in the Book of Boba Fett because I have some very harsh, critical opinions on that series <laughs> that I'm not going to get into. <laughs> but uh, no, no, there, there, there is there is that point. They are in communication. They probably are not in communication. I guess Leia and Ben will not have those tea parties. My fan that makes me
0: really, really it. sad. Can I- he just
1: buy another one? no no slavery is illegal they can't buy any more kids on Tatooine.
0: no i mean another (laughs) communicator oh
4: i thought you were talking about about child oh that
2: that was was so smooth oh cairo that was like (laughs) not even hesitating that was well timed
0: why did your mind go to that (laughs)
2: that is that was fantastic Can you just go to Space
4: T-Mobile and get a new device?
1: No, no, no. They they, they don't don't have that coverage out there. Send bail that
4: that text. You know, we all send people. This is my new number.
1: They, they have like Space Cricket out there. They don't have T-Mobile. Space, like space Cricket. Crickets.
0: Okay, okay. So so we we've, <laughs> we've hammered this episode to death. We we've got one more episode. It's probably going to be a bit longer than the other ones. It'll I be mean, shorter.
1: I'll lose my mind.
0: It, please, God, no! I'm so. You got Stranger Things out here getting a film for every episode, and I'm tired of getting sitcom length.
4: It's just going to be one this. long episode before dealing with fuel.
1: Disney, We're make it 22 minutes.
2: Make it 22 minutes, Disney. <laughs> I want the chaos. Oh, the, want right. The chaos. Give give me 22 minutes with no qui jin voice. And just wait for Twitter to lose its like they would be decapitated. Their minds would explode. And
3: eight but minutes of credits. <laughs> <eight minutes.
2: laughs> D Doc, before we go any further, D Doc, what are some of the questions from the TikTok people?
3: Okay. Um, one of them, uh, one of them was Alfie's, which was <laughs> the justice for Qui-Gon. Why, why does everybody else die but Qui-Gon? I feel like we did kind of touch on <laughs> why that. Why does
2: no uh, one die in Star Wars anymore? I seriously, so can I go one second into that? So uh, I'll give a shout out to Willie Harms. I saw a Twitter, I'm not on Twitter all the time, but he said something about Tycho Waititi's um, movie. And the quote was from Tycho that he wants to use completely new characters because he wants to get away from the sequel uh, the, the Skywalker saga. And I think that that is amazing. And I think a lot of the reason why we take Obi Wan is because it's a legacy character. It's got Luke and it's got Leia and it's got all that. I think another reason why Andor will be a little bit more successful is because it doesn't have the legacy characters. And you don't know that. Uh, no, it's we, got we, two, it's got some of them, but I
4: don't uh, know. Mon if mothra be made.
1: Ma- Mon I mean, Mothra, She's looking. She's she. The queen is. She's in that new dress. Like, hmm, go girl. Then we got Andor. We got. Uh, Forrest Whitaker saw Guerrero. He's coming back in his beautiful, beautiful baldness. Can't wait to see that. Cool.
0: Yeah, no, as as long as Star Wars keeps giving me beautiful, powerful lady politicians, I'm gonna be here because they're my favorite.
1: <laughs> they so. are my favorite too. I love you, Mom Martha.
0: Yes. So yeah, no, I I am excited though, because I you're, you're right. We put way too much expectation on these shows when it's especially the legacy characters. Honestly, I'm I'm excited that this show has been as well received as it is because we've had three years to think about what this could possibly be like. I mean, I have I have an entire storyline that I would have liked to have seen. And I know that, yeah, I mean, thankfully for me, I'm able to kind of set that aside and just be like, I had what I hoped I wanted, I hoped we were going to see. That's not going to happen. I'm just going to you know, accept what we get and judge it on its own merits. Some people, I think they get a little bit too attached to their own pet theories. And then when things don't happen, it's hard for them to let that go. But I think that on the whole, this series has been surprising in really good ways. It's been um, like, it's pushed the boundaries in ways that nobody really expected. And that's not at all to say that there aren't, you know, issues to criticize, but I am really excited that a legacy character's story has been as celebrated as it is. I was really worried that this was just gonna bomb and it was just gonna be awful, especially because I know that Ewan and Hayden were really excited about this. So I I don't know, I'm I'm really skeptical if they were gonna come back and do like a part two, because I'm just kind of like, let's let sleeping dogs lie. I don't really wanna chance this again. But (laughs) Andor, as we've said, that's going to be a little bit different that's you know the mandalorian season one just kind of blew everybody away and a big reason was because we had no expectations we didn't know what the you know what what the story was going to be about and so we didn't come in with any preconceived notions season two you start to see a little bit more of that
5: um coming
0: well no i mean yes but that's not (laughs) what i mean but but in terms in terms of like you know fans who sit on TikTok or sit sit on Twitter and TikTok and Tumblr and all these places and just theorize for eight hours a day. It's the it's the hiatuses that make these big franchises have a problem with creating new content, because that's where everybody's thinking up their theories. And so I think that like Andor season one is just I think it's going to be exceptionally well received. And I think that um, because there isn't a ton of expectation around these particular characters, including what legacy characters there are that fans are going to be really open to whatever we get season two. I could see there being a little bit more of pushback, but at the same time, we know where Andor's story ends. So it's not like there's going to be anything so crazy that we don't expect because we already see the finish line. So yeah, it's stardust. <laughs> that's right. But it is, it is just really interesting to see how the storytellers are dealing with these like telling stories with that different level of expectation, whether it's somebody who's a tr- real true legacy character that that fans have spent literally five decades thinking about or people who we kind of know, but not not really, they can still really be fleshed out or like the Mandalorian, which was just kind of a blank slate right from the start.
3: I will Did say- I- oh, okay. oh.
1: Go ahead, Okara. No, I was just going to say, I will think we do have- there are like three different types of star Wars fans. Like in the make you maybe four. Like we have the people who are kind of like the ones you talk about, uh, the ones who have these crazy theories that, you know, kind of might never happen. They're more interested in what cameos can we get? What references can we get? Like uh, they are really big on spectacle, 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 kind of, kind of like that. And then you have, the nitpickers, the one where everything is not perfect, they're just going to flip their keyboard and go insane. And there's, like, there's kind of like that middle ground of people, the people who kind of take it as it is, and the people who take it as it is, but are a little more critical. I I, I kind of think this podcast is somewhere between them, me being more of the <laughs> critical the critical person I am, being on the other side. But I, I think most people, when they walk away from Kenobi, despite the flaws, will say, even that worse, you know. This series had flaws, but I enjoyed it for what it was. And I think out of all the legacy characters we've had Star Wars handled, just in my opinion, when we in comparison to mm-hmm. Luke,
2: the Han sequel Solo. trilogy, right, right, right.
1: Oh, not even, not, not even, just them. I'm talking about all the all the legacy characters right. from like Boba Oba Fett, Fett. Mm-hmm. right. Well, that Boba be... Fett, Luke. I would say Obi Wan has been handled the most gracefully, the most respectful. And contextually, all the concepts that have been handled in his series make sense with who he is as a character, which most people can understand. Whereas I feel like some of the stuff that happened with Boba, some of the stuff that happened with Luke, and again, some Han and Leia, if you want to talk about it, I can understand why some people feel more divisively about that. I haven't seen anything in the Kenobi series that made me go, yeah, Obi-Wan wouldn't do that, or this doesn't make sense for Obi-Wan to do that. No, everything's kind of on point and anything that was different from his character it's handled very sensitively and can I just say I'm actually happy we've had the first kind of live action thing from Disney and Star Wars Disney in general that has handled PTSD and trauma in a very sensitive topic I kind of felt like when it came to that you know you had Thor in Endgame and you had Tony in Iron Man 3 I'm like you guys are handling PTSD as kind of more as a joke and not one of the most horrible things someone can go to so I really like how they've done that in the series
4: yeah, i would agree They, they really, I,
3: yeah go ahead alfie
4: i think that the you know the crate of lightsabers the hoods the marks on her holster that is going to be a um uh, vehicle to help obi-wan get over that ptsd and focus on you know the chose who he sees as the chosen one and the hope for the galaxy yeah
1: no, i mean I agree.
2: Talia kind of says that like the dialogue from Talia is she kind of was the mentor leading saying like I've been struggling with this and you have to fit like with the back to tank you don't need your physical health you also need your mental like you need to heal your mind as well like she's been the one trying to like and now she's not there which I am sad because I really like that character.
1: I so. like the actress too and now she's you know she's Stardust us like Cassie and Jin.
0: I was hoping that at least one woman in Obi in Wan's life wouldn't die before his eyes. But.
1: Impossible. Mm-hmm. Like, I was sad to see Ned <laughs> go. <laughs>
2: yes, I yes. I liked Ned, but at the same time, she didn't die before his eyes. The blastover shut.
3: <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> she died before his ears.
1: I'm just thinking of the writers like okay guys we're (laughs) writing an Obi-Wan Kenobi show Have we hit all the checklists uh charming yes (laughs) traumatized yes wait 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 we're missing something oh love interest dies love interest dies or woman dies period or someone Obi-Wan cares about (laughs) has to die do we have to kill someone this man cares about in everything he's in yes absolutely it's the rule. Well, and if we have a comic he has to die, <laughs> someone has to die too. We will make him befriend the Jawa then run that Jawa over. You guys are sick and twisted. Yep.
3: <laughs> are okay. you the emotional I, I,
1: damage
2: I, guy? I, emotional damage.
3: Yes.
1: <laughs>
2: Take that sound. d what else you got? I'm oh, sorry. What I, else I, you just, got? I just, just, just,
0: Go just wanted to say something though, because Brent, I think that you were the one who mentioned, you know, Tala's not there anymore. I, you, you kind of mentioned like, she's, I, I didn't really get the idea. Like she's, she's his mentor figure. She is, is Ben Kenobi in this, in this uh, series, which is yeah. really kind of interesting because she's going through what he's going to have mm-hmm. to go through and dealing with his past. But the thing is, is that who's there for him now? I mean, it's Leia and Leia's the one who, you know, it, it was just so heartwarming to see them hugging and, and stuff. This this uh, episode but I just go back to the fact that like the name that Leia used when they were pretending to be farmers was Luma and Luma means light and it's just very clear like that's what this whole story is about is this unexpected bond between Obi-Wan and Leia but that she's the one who helps him turn the light back on and that's what I just think is so beautiful
1: i thought you were about to say the whole episode the whole series was about farmers where i'm like okay that's kind of right from a perspective luke <laughs> is a farmer that's
0: true too luke also means light so there's the parallel between the two of them
1: yeah
3: so i had two more uh tiktok questions and i'll give them a shout out because they're always interacting with us on there and we're growing on tiktok too i think we're starting to get some listeners from there as well so Ryan Grim, 33 i'm gonna i'm gonna rattle off both of these and i'll let you guys go um off of them uh, number one from ryan grim 33 is kenobi better than qui-gon so i guess he's saying is kenobi more powerful than qui-gon was and then from autobahn beep beep which has an incredible lego collection i'm extremely jealous of it do you think we will have another duel between vader and kenobi before the series ends which is a question i was asking myself as well because i'm wondering like now is this leading to a Reva Kenobi showdown on Tatooine? So I'll let you guys play off of that.
4: Ooh, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm not answering that either. I can't answer that either. Yeah. I mean, I can
1: answer, <laughs> I can answer the first one, I can't answer the second question. Uh, first question I, I, I don't really make it about Obi Wan and Qui Gon because I feel like they were two very different Jedi Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan was this person who was always looking to the future, always trying to think of what comes next, what comes next. And it kind of, he kind of lost what was happening in the present, and it usually bit him in the ass, where as Qui-Gon, that's all he was trying to think about, the here and the now. What can I do now? Which at times made him short-sighted to if it was going to turn out well. And in terms of Force powers, I think they were relatively the same. I don't think either of them were like powerhouses in the Force.
2: so i like so i'm gonna go biblical here real real quick obi-wan is like job like so he has been thrown every obstacle he is the one that has everything has been thrown at him in a negative way Satine dying uh qui-gon dying the talia dying like every everything he has faced he's overcome and has gone back to being a jedi and taking it and being that defensive and being that mindful person so there's a part of me that thinks that out of all of the jedi that we see that obi-wan is like the epitome of what a jedi should be and that's why i feel and, and maybe because we didn't get a lot of time with qui-gon i mean i've read master and apprentice but you don't get a lot of time with qui-gon so i don't know but definitely uh, see I, the <laughs> comics. so but yeah and I don't have any of the comic knowledge either, so, um, but from from my perspective, I think Obi-Wan is that pure, clean Jedi, and that's where I feel like he would be the epitome of the Jedi, and that's why I think he would be better than Qui-Gon, and I just don't have all that other background on Qui-Gon.
0: I mean, the thing is, is like, I'm not really a huge fan of these kinds of questions, because like, what are we trying to ask? Are we trying to, to ask you know, who would kill who in a fight? That's not what either one of them <laughs> yeah. would ever who do. Who has the better beard? It, it, they're asking who I has mean, the better beard. And, yeah, but but at the same time, I mean, like, you know, you've got Qui-Gon who's a maverick and he thinks out of the box. You've got Obi-Wan who really like his, his you know, um, strength and his weakness is that he follows what's been done before. And so if something works, he's going to use it. But I mean, I guess if I had to give an answer on this, the answer is, well, who defeated Anakin Skywalker? Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> so if Qui-Gon Jinn is also going to be able to defeat Anakin Skywalker, maybe we have a question here. But I don't think that's the case.
1: You, you want to know a good analogy to this question? Did you, did, did you guys see the episode Star Wars Visions with uh, the young Jedi and his older master and like that old raisin looking Sith? Oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Yeah, The Elder, that's the episode's name, The Elder. Yeah. Th- that's kind of how I view uh, Obi-Wan's relationship with Qui-Gon, that Qui-Gon is older now, and his thought process isn't really about physical prowess, and even if we haven't gotten a lot of him in, like, the movies and the books, his whole thing was, I am just becoming more with the Force, I'm getting older, and that's going to happen to you. And I think Qui-Gon's journey throughout all the suffering he's gone through, because Qui-Gon's gone through some suffering, but that's like the material. But just from the films, Obi-Wan's journey is becoming more like Qui-Gon. And I think that's the relationship between Master and Apprentice, that every Padawan we have is supposed to be the better version of who we are. So Obi-Wan is the evolution of Qui-Gon. Then you have Luke, who eventually becomes the evolution of Obi-Wan and they each represent where the jedi are supposed to evolve you know to, to just disregarding certain things Luke did in that one little that one little flashback but luke is so, supposed to be like the better version of obi-wan just like obi-wan was supposed to be the better version of qui-gon like he managed to save anakin that's something obi-wan could never do he was so stuck in his head of well yoda says this and prequel jedi that and that's nothing that's nothing a shame that's how he was raised that his culture and then you have Luke with his unorthodox beliefs, and he saves Anakin in a way Obi Wan couldn't, Ahsoka couldn't, because he approached things differently. And I think that's a natural evolution of the relationship between a master and apprentice. It's not about which one is better, it's about how we raise them to be better than us, because that's the end goal to make them better than us.
2: I like that, that. But Dooku created Qui Gon. Well, and Do- and Qui-Gon and then, the- and Qui Gon. And, and then Qui- Yoda created Yoda created Dooku, like literally. Right? Like, well, who's the I mother. mean, no. well, okay. Yoda was the I <laughs> Yoda, Yoda Dooku was Yoda's padawan, so Dooku was the extension of Yoda, and then Dooku took um, Qui-Gon as a padawan, and so
1: he I was the extension. I've got some Yoda discourse that we're not going to get into this episode, but I kind of blame him for a lot of different things. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I'm. I'm not it's saying that. That's bit. why. I, that's why I didn't say that. Oh, that's why I say Obi Wan is what I consider to be the quintessential Jedi, not necessarily Yoda. Um, I
1: consider him that till Luke comes along because Luke managed to do the one thing Obi Wan couldn't, which makes me go, "Okay, okay which, well I agree you beat him in
4: that regard." Because, like, when Luke comes out of Yoda's hut and says, I can't kill my father, Ben Obi-Wan doesn't see any other, you know, solution to the problem other than, well, the Emperor's already won then. I kinda laugh, I do
1: kinda laugh at, like, it's, contextually, it's a serious moment, but memes have ruined it where I'm just like, well, I picked the wrong twin, I should have taken, like. Right.
0: <laughs> I mean, honestly, now Now
1: that we know what their connection is like. I I just think if you want to say they're like, no balls. What? No balls. Your sister sister would have done this. It would have been one conversation. Hey, you need to kill him. Okay, Ben, I'm going to go beat the hell out of him. Thank you, Ben. I I am dead, Luke. We are at the 11th hour now. He is six foot eight in a walking refrigerator. I tried this. He killed me.
2: (laughs) Love it. <laughs> That's great. I love what
1: that,
5: was that? what was
0: that what was that third question that we've got here? <laughs> is there
4: another one? Will we one? see another that
0: is a, oh the yeah. The the, the, one. The, yeah. Well you that was I mean from, from from somebody who hasn't looked at the the leaks and the spoilers. It is really interesting from my point of view because I well I, I didn't know that the flashback was originally supposed to be in the next episode, but all I'm thinking is, well, Kathleen Kennedy promised us the showdown or, you know, the the rematch of the century. Rematch of the century. And I'm just kind of like, okay, well, there was a lot of talk about, like, you know, people being like, well, I don't want them to fight again. It ruins everything. And personally, I don't care. Like I said, I mean, I've always existed under the idea that, like, Vader's line about being the learner does not refer, it doesn't even refer to Revenge of the Sith necessarily because he wasn't a Padawan there either, if you're going to take it you know, in its most literal sense. So I've never really cared about that. But when I saw just how prevalent that flashback scene was, I was kind of like, well, is this what she's talking about? So I'm honestly not really sure, especially now that I know that this fight was supposed to be in the last episode. I'm like, wow, that's, if if that was going to be in the last episode and then add another fight on top of it, whether between Reva and Obi-Wan or Obi-Wan and Vader or, vader and reva again like that's a lot and i i do expect this to be a longer episode but i am just really not sure what's coming
3: yeah and i mean uh, i'd like to hear brent's opinion on this as well i haven't read any of the spoilers but, but um you know like where are we leading to is reva going to try to get to luke now and is like is she falling deeper into the dark side kind of because of her anger or like is Vader going to go to Tatooine to go after whatever Kenobi is protecting there or something? Because like, that's why I'm, I don't know. That's, that's where I'll say like, after this episode, I was just like, where the hell is this going to go for the finale? I mean, you know, they went to that, you know, back to the P- PTSD. I mean, they went back to that look in Kenobi's face where he knows something bad's about to happen. They show little Luke tucked in uh sleeping very comfortably in his bed at the Owen, uh, Arms Love that kid. Yeah. Yeah. And uh I just sat there just like, where the hell is this gonna go? You know, the, the 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 end of this story is going to come next Wednesday, and I really can't picture it. And I know Alfie and Cairo, I guess, do know uh where it's gonna go. But
4: well, uh, even, no even non-spoiler wise, the the series told you she picked Owen out of the crowd and said, You yeah. know something about a Jedi.
0: Yeah. She, that- she she's going back because she knows owen and she i mean sh- she's gonna be she's m- more firmly believing than ever that like owen has a secret related to the jedi
1: coming
4: for the cave well, she's like in- i know
1: tito has something
4: bale told her on the communication he said the children the boy the boy you know they need to be protected i'll head there He's saying I mean, that to Kenobi, sh- it's not. But She he's didn't in the this- whole
1: message. She did no. hear the boy part, the boy part.
2: She did hear boy forever. and she, I think she did hear Lars uh, or oh. Tatooine. It Tatooine, it is-
4: he's Owen, said If he finds out about the children.
0: It, where we sit is that Reva knows that Bale, Reva knows that there's a connection between Bale and Obi-Wan. That was the whole point of taking Leia. Reva does not know that Leia Organa is Anakin Skywalker's daughter. I see a lot of people say that, that that's not the case. She knows that there's a mm-hmm. connection between Obi-Wan and Bale and she knows that that she knows that Anakin Skywalker is Vader, who was Obi-Wan's apprentice. But she does not know the final part of that triangle that Leia is Anakin's daughter. She also doesn't know that Luke uh, is, is a Jedi. Well, I, she knows I don't think she knows that Anakin has
4: kids at all yet. I think she does now just from that communication. I mean, she she might think that
1: he's harboring a boy, but I don't think. Huh? There's a boy. Maybe Vader. She doesn't.
0: Had but she doesn't.
1: Ten years ago. <laughs> she, she but she
0: does not know that Luke is a Jedi. We got the comment from her in the first episode, like, "Do you have Jedi on your farm?" But the thing is, is that like, Owen denies it, and and he's
5: there's kind of nothing the truth, that though. really
0: says she knows that Luke is force sensitive. She will still be going there because now she knows that there's a connection between Obi Wan, Bale, and Owen,
1: the and guy get, that she
0: picked out in the crowd, and, and she, get she knows that there, Owen has a family. There. So if you so you go after Owen because there's a connection between Owen and Obi Wan, she will get Obi Wan by going after Owen, and Luke. But
1: uh, go ahead. I know I was going to say without diving into spoilers because there are some things the spoilers didn't cover, and I've. I got some friends who have told me some stuff back and forth that things have been changing, but without even going into that, I don't think, even if there is or isn't a fight between Vader and Obi-Wan, I don't think we should be looking at that as the emotional resolution of the series just because we know that... we know, I made a whole Twitter thread about this, but we know factually just because of the OT, there is no resolution between Obi-Wan and Vader in this series. Maybe we'll have Obi-Wan, we'll see him come to the conclusion that... He's more machine than man now. but So maybe that, but we can't get that in the OT2. The emotional resolution right now is going to be between Reva and Obi-Wan, because that's where it's been since episode one. We started with Reva, then we went to Obi-Wan. And those have been the two people kind of carrying the series. The Vader and Hayden stuff, don't get me wrong, I've loved seeing Hayden. The Vader stuff, I'm just going to be honest, Has kind of felt like it was just... Added on there because you know, fans really love when they see Vader, they go crazy. Fallen Order, Rogue One, the Rebels. But it's the Hayden stuff that's been the real emotional center and how Hayden, Hayden, Anakin relates to Reva and Obi-Wan, Reva, Reva. It's like people calling me Okairo and Akira. I'm just mixing up her name at this point. That that's been the emotional part of the story. It's been Anakin, Reva, and Obi-Wan. Not Vader. The Vader stuff is kind of just there for you know, the spectacle, give the fans a kind of a balance of the emotional part and the, here, yep. ha- have your lizard brain stuff. And that's why I feel Vader lies. We, no matter what happens with him and Obi-Wan, yep. it's everything involving Obi-Wan and Reva that will be how this series
0: ends. Yeah. Reva has to come to her character's conclusion and I'm not sure how that's going to end up, you know. can I'm she- not sure either.
1: I'm can actually- she? Spoilers don't tell oh, really? so I don't okay. know. Okay. Spo- spoilers do not go into that.
0: I mean, it is really interesting because she's, I mean, up until this finale, you know, she's still set on revenge. And it's really interesting to wonder, like, is she going to be able to be redeemed? Does she have to die at the end? I'm not really sure, but there will be a conclusion to that part of the story. Then there's going to be the the emotional center of Obi-Wan and Leia, because we've just been with that for a long time. And then, you know, there'll probably be something with Obi-Wan and Luke. But you're right that, like, there can't be any kind of big emotional catharsis between obi-wan and vader other than like you said maybe obi-wan coming to the idea that like anakin's gone because they can't and i'm I'm a little bit worried that fans might react to that negatively
1: they are i i don't mean to i'm just going to be very honest they kind of no that Ka- kathy's just doing her job as a president she's just saying what people tell her to do but when it comes to the kenobi series I think they're going to react negatively to feeling like, oh, we wanted more Vader versus Obi-Wan when that was never really the yep. main focus of the story. And I think, people, especially with the reaction to the Hayden flashback, if you just took Vader out of it and just had Hayden for flashbacks, hallucinations and memories, I don't think anyone would have minded they would have lived without Vader. And I think putting him in the story is going to create the most negative reception next week. Because I've been seeing the fan theories. Everyone's like, Vader's planning this. Vader's going to do this. He's going to pull this MacGuffin thing from this obscure thing outside of his cockpit. And I'm going to be like, you guys are going to be disappointed.
0: Vader is a plot (laughs) device. Vader is a a plot device in this story. He's He's a a prop. He's a prop. He's not, he doesn't have to go through any kind of of he can't. character arc because he can't the only thing that he can go to is that is it's it's the one line that you know he was the learner and now he's not that is the one thing that this show can address and i think they kind of already have
1: agreed no, i wish they, people
0: would just lower their expectations
1: uh, yeah i also wish they just didn't put vader in the story beyond like one little oh shit appearance have hayden in there all you want but vader wish they kept
2: them out me too so you said that there's different types of fans. I'm a fan that just wants to be entertained. I don't get into the story arcs. I don't get into the breakdown of emotional resolutions. So I was listening to that and I was interested in that, but that's not what I care about. I just want to be entertained. And so when you yeah, say- Yeah, we what's call you the happen- vibing people.
1: You guys vibe. Yeah. You're like- I just want I'm to be entertained.
2: Yep, 100%. Like I-, I I'll talk about the lore afterwards but I just want to be entertained and at this point I'm entertained and as long as I'm entertained and it keeps going the one thing that I will say and I agree with Alfie I want people to die and I want new characters but like if you die <laughs> die if you die I'm die. Praying. I'm gonna put that a shirt if you die you die Brent I mean like, <laughs> just seriously it's just it gets old and I feel like it's to me, I feel like that. I, I will call that lazy writing. I feel I, it's just it's just lazy. Like I, it's easier to bring them back.
0: Which who are you talking about when you say that?
2: The Inquisitor Darth Maul. Um,
0: okay, Darth Maul was George Lucas. Reva. Dave Filoni didn't want that.
2: I, I don't care. Like no, I I I understand. I'm talking about again. I don't get into who or what or details. I just <laughs> want them to die.
5: If you he does, he them he off, does have a- If like
1: you the-
2: killed him off, you killed him off. They're dead,
1: and let's move forward. I I will agree with that point. Just with Darth Maul, one I do view. I love don't. I have a solution. I love you, Mister Krabs, but you do have a perfect career other places. Just save, okay? Darth Maul has a brother, like he does, and you know that's. You took my brother. You took my brother. I'm gonna take stuff from you, and like that's the original relationship that grows through the Clone Wars. So you know when someone when you're watching solo or whatever and someone says yeah you know that's crazy just was in there excuse what ex- what the fuck did you just say oh yeah he <laughs> lived when i watched all nine movies oh the clone wars what the fuck
2: is the clone wars right I, yeah right. i would say casual, you're better off casual just fan it's not gonna it's it blows their in, mind
1: instead of just bringing back a dead character who was i think we can all can admit i, I love you george i do love you maul was dead obi-wan rearranged his guts not in the nasty way you people listening he cut him (laughs) in half he died i'm like you know he did have a brother right there you could have just utilized savage kind of just fades into the background once maul once maul comes back he's just kind of like the henchman who stands there then dies by mr sidious so in that regard i'm like well you could just built him up to be this big character because you did that with ahsoka ahsoka's entire character is i'm an original character And I grew from the nobody everyone hated in 2008 to I'm getting my own show in 2023. So you could have done the same with Savage instead of just dragging Maul back. I like what they did with Maul, but you could have done the same thing with Savage. And you still have the personal beef. You killed my brother.
0: I mean, I don't disagree. I think that Maul set a dangerous precedent. But at the same time, I just kind of look at it like, well... The Inquisitor, he's got the line in Rebels that says some things are worse than death. So I always looked at it like it makes sense that he's had a brush with death because he's already alluded to it.
1: I I, I don't really understand that line though because unless we unless the next episode we see Vader like say, well, Grand Inquisitor, time for you to be tortured a little bit for failing me at the beginning. Because <laughs> <that, 'cause laughs> now I just interpret that line as some things are worse than death. You can have a Megamind head. Like <laughs>
3: Good Goodbye.
1: call on that. Good call on that.
3: Uh, yes. I, I,
1: I, I, I actually do like Joey Friend. He's actually a cool guy. He was in one of my favorite shows, Homelander. No, Homeland. Homelander is the boys.
2: Yeah, Rupert. Mm-hmm. R- is it Rupert Friend or?
1: Rupert, Rupert Foe. Sorry, Rupert Foe. He's not Friend. He's Foe. Rupert Foe. Oh,
2: okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Wait, there's a Rupert Friend and a Rupert Foe? i don't know if no,
1: he's he's, william, he's Defoe, just, I, william the friend i'm confusing my memes now with people I, i've right. lost my mind
3: <laughs> i i'll say one thing when it comes to deaths um i always like create this multiverse of lord of the rings and uh harry potter and game of thrones and star wars all mixed into one and i just remember when game of thrones was going on and i'm sorry if you haven't seen game of thrones at this point but when Jon snow was brought back to life um that that once you have a character killed and then brought back to life the fans are questioning whether anybody yeah. is actually dead the rest of the show so like anytime anybody dies you're just like well can the red woman come in and revive them like you know maybe they're not actually dead you know like it it does definitely confuse you i mean another prime example palpatine came back in the sequel trilogy you thought he there's was another dead, one you know there's another like, one what, which yeah, one? Boba Fett? Well,
4: if you can survive a lightsaber to the chest, why do the stormtroopers die getting hit with rock arrows? Because,
0: because <laughs> plot armor.
3: Yeah, because it, the
4: Ewok. You, you, you can only use plot armor so many times, and <laughs> it wraps around their neck for the, character. L- listen,
1: I, 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 hey, I Okay, I, I agree. I agree. Some characters do need. I do agree. Plot armor. I do agree. Some characters need to die. I think we need a level. I do think that. Some characters will always have plotter, but to go forward now after this, death should stay final because when we remember Padme, when we remember Obi-Wan himself, which George Lucas did create, force goes as way, well, Ah, fuck, I want to use Alec Gillison for three movies. I just killed them all. <laughs> but for other characters who are gifted with the blue boys, when we cry over Padme, Satine, I, I am very sad I'm using all
4: women as examples right now. Qui got be one. God damn it. Talo, Talo, she died ahead. from a laser shot. The robot fell on top of her. Maybe she's arrived. That's true. She, no, she I, I took mean, the didn't, blasts.
2: But I, I mean think yeah, she but held, she was holding the that. She had the
1: thermal. Though. She's gonna come out looking I mean, like uh she, dark wall she lived. No it one's ever really she, gone. gone. I hate you.
2: <laughs>
1: I hate <laughs> that we lied so much.
2: Somehow, somehow Talia returned.
1: Uh little production info that uh that's gonna bother me if I don't say it. The reason that line was put in there was because they actually had the plot of him, all that stuff, but this they needed to get the film shorter, so like make it work and JJ's like fuck it. Oscar, get your ass over here. <laughs> no but seriously i i do think that when if deaths are final they do make us fear for the safety of characters more yep. if we know that a character can just come back because they have a second stomach that we've never heard about or you know they just have the vader has the worst aim with i don't want to say the word but so it's the word where i can think about penetrating people with this lightsaber it's well looks.
2: done well <laughs> I, done that
1: was not intentional i just Crazy. stabbing Stabbing, that's it, stabbing. I forgot the word. It's gonna, <laughs> we, we we feel less worried about a character if we know, well, they could survive this way, this way, you survived this, Maul could survive this. Even I do it sometimes, I'm like, bring back my swindle, but it was just a hand, come on. But okay, but outside of me, I'm just, it is better if death is final. So when we see characters in danger, we're we're afraid for them because we're like, yeah, no, they can die. They can actually die and there's no coming back. If we know that they I mean, can it's. Die, I it's mean, it's crazy.
0: the story... I mean, it's the storytelling strength and weakness of sci-fi. It's it's one of those things where it's like, sometimes it can be used for, you know, really good story- storytelling purposes where you, you can fake deaths and you can keep your characters around and it can be used effectively. But you're absolutely right that as soon as you do use it, it opens up a different place in the, the world. You know, it's, if every... You know every different franchise has a sandbox and for some that sandbox is really defined and there's a world that you create within that sandbox and for some like there's you know it's just like a big old big old dune of sand that just goes everywhere i i look at things like like doctor who which is just like so out there there's just not really a parameter and like i don't typically like those kinds of stories quite as much i like defined stories but then And Star Wars is pretty defined, but you're absolutely right that as soon as you introduce this idea that someone can come back, and to be honest, it really was Darth Maul that really affected this change. It changes the entire psyche of the entire fandom, even when we know characters actually die. I mean, I don't think that people would still be on about whether or not ben solo is coming back from the sequels quite to the level that they are except that there's already been a precedent
1: yeah and the thing is like not even just fans i think writers have been using that as a crutch now a little too much no not too much they have and not even just writers like studios because we do know these stories are not made in isolation you need to Clear checks and balances of this producer, that producer, that producer, and ho ho kids gotta go to Mickey Mouse too. So like he's the big one. You also have to clear by. So I'm just like I because they know now of like oh we brought this character back, we can bring this character back. I think now even if they do fake out deaths, they'll be more elaborate. With like you, they'll leave clues. You'll have a little more setup. My biggest complaint is not the Inquisitor is alive. I know he's alive. He's in Rebels. I've seen Rebels. I like Rebels. He just kind of walks in there like. Hello, third sister. I have uh, returned. I, I don't know where s- I... I have two, two stomachs. stomachs. That's why I am dummy thick now, and I'm going to get really skinny in Rebels. You screwed up my stomach now, so I can't be dummy thick. You, that's why you didn't hear the claps of my buttocks as I walked in the room wait hold on second question that's just been, been bothering me where are the other inquisitors during all this like I've been had this exactly theory, I've had this theory that they're actually in a relationship so when we just don't see them on screen they're just <laughs> going on a little date and that, that's just been my theory because like they're always together but never in any episodes these days
0: I don't like that theory not when they're calling each other brother and sister
1: Brother, <laughs> sister. Game right, of Thrones know, again. Sweet Home Alderon. Listen, I, I have this remix song called Sweet Home Alderaan, and that's what I think is happening right now. They are on a date somewhere in Naboo saying, ah, sister, it is great to get away from the troubles of Riva and Vader.
2: <laughs> all right. So- <laughs> They're dating. They're dating. So we've gone on for quite a while, and so my last, parting, my last parting shot, so I'll start with the summations. I just want to be entertained. Um, I've been entertained with the series uh, as we've gone through. Um, I have loved the Leia character. Um, she has been a pleasant surprise, both the actress, the writing, the characterization, and what they've done with that character. Um, I think it's on point for who Leia would be at a 10-year-old. Um, so I just want to be entertained and please entertain me with this last episode.
0: I'll follow off on that and say that I also am one of those fans that really, you know, my primary desire is just to be entertained and to see more of the big picture story arcs of, of star Wars. Like I want to see the themes. I want to see Obi-Wan find the light. That's what I want to see. So whatever happens in this last episode, you know, little leia is going to help him turn the light back on and he's going to be able to feel the force and know that for the last 10 years on tatooine that he's got purpose and so i'm i'm excited for the last episode i don't really think that there's any way to screw that up because we know that that's where he we know that his end point is what he tells maul in twin sons which is look what i've risen above that's where he's going so i'm excited
1: I'm an opinionated asshole who have many, many complaints of the series, but I've been enjoying the emotional arc of Obi-Wan Kenobi. So for me, the good outweighs the cons no matter what complaints I have.
3: That's it. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty much, uh, you know, the same. I'm enjoying the show. You know, it's, 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 it's easy and kind of fun to nitpick stuff because you can laugh about it, you know? I'm not keyboard warrior typing on Twitter. Oh my God, this is horrible. I can't believe they're doing this. I'm enjoying the show. I mean, I had a, I had a tear episode four and I wasn't on Twitter all day that day. And then after we filmed our podcast, I went on Twitter and I saw people saying episode four is the worst episode of this series. And I'm just like, well, oh, I actually like semi cried a little bit and had to gather myself before the podcast because I have a daughter and little Leia like and her relationship with Kenobi has really like, grown on me so to me the show is doing its job you know it, is there stuff we can nitpick of course i'm enjoying the show though it's fun to nitpick it's also i'm also enjoying the show so it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be i'm either this way or that way you can have fun you know dissecting it but i'm enjoying it and i'm excited to see how they're going to finish it. i think they're going to knock it out of the park for the finale but i don't know we'll see brent always tells us to keep our expectations down so I'll just Keep them high. <laughs> Fun fact: my niece is named
1: Baby Leia.
0: Oh, cute!
1: Born in twenty 29- nine, born in twenty nineteen. Carrie Fisher's birthday. Oh, oh wow, wow! That's why we that's named her Leia. Thing. She is very opinionated. Likes to yell no and smack people in the face. That's not a joke. That's what she likes to do. That's her.
0: She is Leia.
2: God, she's characterized well too.
0: <laughs> so cute. Alfie,
4: what's your what's your parting shot? Um. Yeah, I've really enjoyed this series and any nitpicks and criticisms I have come out of the love of Star Wars, nothing toxic. And, you know, we keep talking about this emotions in the show. I'm sorry I didn't get to send sooner. But one thing that I really got me emotional watching this episode was after years and years, years of the plot of the Clone Wars always being Anakin coming to save the day to get Obi-Wan out of a jam here you had obi-wan trapped it's still anakin but he's not coming to save him this time that kind of got me a little bit and i really am excited for the finale and to see where how this all wraps up
0: i think that sounds great yeah we'll certainly have lots to discuss going forward so um to our listeners thank you so much for hanging in for (laughs) probably a longer episode than usual but lots of storytelling stuff to dig into um and you know we had a great crew here tonight so um thank you gentlemen um to our listeners if you're interested in connecting with us you can find us at rule the galaxy on twitter um where else we got rule the galaxy podcast on tiktok are there any other places that people can find
2: Rule the galaxy sw at gmail.com if you want to send us a note
0: perfect yes please we w- welcome all your interactions and,
2: and if you want to get a shirt or a t-shirt or sweatshirt and get your merch uh there's an etsy store so go on Etsy, all caps rule the galaxy all caps all together um pop up and there's about six to ten items there you can get the merch from the rule the galaxy podcast
0: perfect But uh, we appreciate your uh, support so much. So um, be well. We will be back with another episode next week. And may the Force be with you. I think she's frozen again. Oh,
1: she's back. Nope, she's gone again.
2: Yeah, so... I think she's frozen. I think it's still
3: recording. Yes,
2: it's still she recording. In case I haven't heard the lady say, yep. she
3: has not said recording has stopped. So
2: we'll Correct. just tell
3: Joe to go to this last uh,
2: <laughs> I, last one minute. <laughs> if you look at it, there's gonna be a break. He should, like Joey because I think Joey does it, but uh, Joe might be doing it now.
3: Joe's doing it now. He's putting the music in. He's he's doing what? it. What? Uh, yeah, he, he uh he was taught how to do it and he's doing it
4: look at him go all
3: right i hope that she unfreezes
2: here in a second
3: because this is a really <laughs> i long, know
2: this is a really long one O-Kyro, that's a long I one i wasn't on with you before it was nice to meet you nice to meet oh. you too man
3: so oh it says o'caira was the host now <laughs> what happened? So I you're gonna have now. to somehow st- you're gonna have to somehow stop the recording i don't know yeah. how you do that
2: i think if it's on it's the
5: Hey, Star Wars fans and Rule of the Galaxy fans. As you can see, we ran into a little technical glitch there at the end of this podcast. So as I'm editing, as I'm putting this together, I just wanted to finish up. Thank you to uh, Jessica, the Duchess. Thank you to the First O'Chiro. Uh Thanks to Brent, Alfie, D-Doc, everybody else who's involved with the show. So wanted to throw that out there. Finish this strong here. As always, you can follow us at Rule the Galaxy SW on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow us at Just Rule the Galaxy on Facebook and YouTube, and um, Rule the Galaxy po- the Rule of the Galaxy podcast on TikTok. And uh, again, if you want to buy some very cool gear with our Rule of the Galaxy logo on it, you can go to Etsy.com, type in Rule the Galaxy, all caps, all one word, no spaces. And you can buy our gear there. So thanks again to all the hosts and the co-hosts for tonight's show. Um, sorry, I couldn't be there, but I want to make sure we finished this up strong and didn't have us just going off into um, oblivion there with the end of the uh, episode. Until next week, we'll see you then. And may the force be with you.